Bung Bung. Welcome to the potty is powered by Bung Bung Coffee, a modern dark roast blend of beans from Honduras, Peru, Colombia, and Brazil. Bung Bung Coffee doesn't only provide you with a premium coffee bean, but an individualized coffee experience. Do you need a machine for your home or office? Bung Bung Coffee can provide you with the machine of your choice. Home style, vending style, or traditional cafe style coffee machines and servicing. Bung Bung Coffee, take pride in the service delivery and product quality. You can order your beans at bungbungcoffee.com or inquire about getting a machine for your home, venue, or office by sending them a message through the contact page on their website. That's bungbungcoffee.com, B-U-N-G, B-U-N-G coffee.com, your favorite brewer's favorite brew. And if you want to, you know, support the show in any other way, you can just go to welcometothepotty.com and buy some merch, some sweet, sweet, soft, soft merch. You ever had soft serve ice cream that's so soft it just started sort of overflowing over the side of the cone, dripping down your hand, looking like you just gave a hand job while you were driving a car? That's how soft <laughs> this merch is. Soft as baby shit, as we like to call it. Uh, if you want that, go to welcometothepotty.com slash store and buy uh, buy some merch to sh- support the show. Um, and, you know, if you're going through hard times and you can't afford merch because you're a poor cunt, just share anything. Hit the share button, the little arrow on Facebook or the little the little paper plane on, on Instagram or hit the retweet button or send a text to your group your group chat saying, guys, this is fucking comedy and it's ignorant as hell. This guy just called the queen a bitch. Okay, hit that retweet button, share it, do what you got to do. Let's start the show. Welcome to Welcome to the Party, best show on the internet, ask anybody. You know it's easy money, sit back, relax, get your headphones, everybody. Welcome to Welcome to the Party, blackout in the booth, every episode's a party. We go hard like Ricky Bobby, tell a friend to tell a friend, this is Welcome to the Party. Welcome to the potty, bung bang! It's your man Claytron, aka the Big Boss Man, aka the Clumsy Jeweler, because I'm always dropping gems, aka the Milkman, because I always deliver, aka the PhD of podcasts and the Magnum PI of podcasts and the Captain, the uh, Pusha T of podcasts, and we'll bring that one back this week because I'm wearing the Easy Money hoodie, uh, not available in the store actually, only only the crewnecks are available right now, um, but go get yourself one of those here again. With friend of the show, uh, Mr. Calvin Fresh, <laughs> back at it like a bad habit. That's it. The the mastermind behind the beautiful, the only young blood beer. This is the Chris Lale, and oh my god, it is <coughs> just superb, just superb. Should I slip you that endorsement money now or after mm. the show? Mm, brought to you by Young Blood Beer, <laughs> the best beer I've ever tasted personally. Me too. Me too. Oh man, why are you here? Great question. Have you ever had Bung Bung Coffee? I have. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like you know when some people say that you've you've got to have like nectar of the gods and things like that. That's the thing that comes to mind when it comes to Bung Bung Coffee. Um, yeah, maybe that's an overstatement, or maybe it's underselling it. But no, I've only had great experiences on Bung Bung Coffee. Next level, any CTS level coffee. 
Nice, nice. I can see the advertising campaign already. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst campaign ever. Everyone be like, "What? Why is it spelled like that?" <laughs> just no, just no, um, just absolutely no uh, context context behind nectar or anything like that. But um, no. oh, can I tell you something that happened to me this week? Or Please. well, last week I got a parking ticket. Oh wow! I fought it. And one bullshit. I fucking won. How? Sent an email. And what did you say? I said, I said, uh, I moved my car at 12 p.m., which mm. means I had until 2. Okay. I got a ticket at 1.51. Okay. So this is a mistake. I, I saw the picture. They only took one picture and it didn't prove anything. It was just a picture of my car next to the sign. Just proving you were there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, so I was there. But if, if, this is due to a mark on my tires is because the, the mark wasn't rubbed off when I moved my car. Mm-hmm. It's not up to me. To, it, like I'm not, isn't the, the whole thing supposed to be like, it's a sneaky thing. You're not really supposed to know that the, the mark on your tires there. I don't know. I think that. Cause I've gone and rubbed it off before, but like I, I saw, I saw parks were available. So I was like, I may as well move it. I've got time. Mm. Is it possible that when you moved your car, your wheel stood in the same spot where you parked it up again. Imagine, but they would have had to have a before and after shot of that. No, very true. Um, so, But I won and they said I will be taking no further action and we've waived the, the fine. And I was just like, that's that's a huge, that is a huge fucking win for not only myself, but listeners of the Welcome to the Potty podcast. Easy money. <laughs> well, you've had a big week then. That's really great. Yeah, that was huge. That was huge. Um, what else happened? I got a flat tire as well. So you've had car troubles. <laughs> yeah, I got a flat tire. Uh, this was this one was on me. I came in hot to the curb. Okay. And um, just shredded the fuck out of it. Is it possible that you should just ditch this cursed car that you keep driving around? Not if people don't start buying the merch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is like a necessity thing. It's an yeah. A to B wagon now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to buy the merch if if I'm gonna be moving into into a new vehicle. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean that that car has definitely had its fair share of rough rough stories and everything else. So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I look forward to hearing what happens next. Uh, cancel touch, that. Touch wood. Yeah. 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 No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, man. But that's pretty much you know the the two minor things this week. How about how about you? Anything. Anything pop up this week for you? Well, I'm back in Adelaide and um, that's always fun and exciting. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I romanticise this city so much, uh, being my hometown. So every time I come back, I feel like I'm in a movie and I'm the main character. Mm. So right now, this is just part of my, like, I don't know, maybe it's the build-up and there's, like, a monologue going on. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, But, no, I'm really, really happy to be here, really, like, getting around and speaking to people about beer, but um, yeah, the weather sucks. So I don't know if that's your fault or. Well, you're the one from Melbourne uh, and you know what they say to people from Melbourne when they come to Adelaide. What do they say, man? What do they say? Oh, d- 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 did you bring it with you? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. Four seasons in a day, all yeah. that, all that jargon. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it is true though. It's, it's so pathetically accurate. Um, that you can, you know, you you forget your sunglasses and it'll be sunny, or you forget a hoodie and you'll get rained on. Yeah. Mm. It just guaranteed. Speaking of sunglasses, I had my first Father's Day uh, two weeks ago. Ooh, and so you got some sunglasses. Yeah, I got some Ray Bans. Nice. Um, my 
last two pairs of Ray-Bans have been destroyed by my dog. Yep. yep. Dogs. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not buying anymore. Oh, and wait, the, the, the like Malcolm X, like brown frame ones, you had, you, they got destroyed. They got destroyed. And then I had um, oh, pretty much similar style, but they were black frames on the front with gold arms. Oh. Um, they, yeah, I looked like an absolute trap lord in those. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, they fucked those up too. They managed to get their teeth into um, mutual friend of ours and mutual friend of the Welcome to the Potty podcast, actually, Chet. Chet. Um, they they chewed on his but um, didn't destroy him, so I think he's walking around with sunnies with, with little spots in one of the lenses. One of your dogs took my phone. Took your phone, yeah. Yeah. My, fir- my Gigi, when... She was a puppy, put her tooth through my the screen of my phone and I had to I had to get another handset, which means as we all know with our phone contracts, I was paying off two handsets at the same time. Oh. Which was an absolute nightmare. My phone bills were like two hundred and eighty <laughs> bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean last time I was here, I rocked up wearing a white T shirt and Gigi put her paw print on me. She has and, um, yeah. No finesse. No, no. It's it's really we have a love hate relationship, which is now why I've become that like scared toddler that messages you every time I come over saying, "Can you protect me?" It's very very emasculating. She's getting better though. Yeah. Oh she's no, she's better. she's calming down for sure. But it's um, yeah. I definitely feel like I'm. What do you call it? It's like a beta, a beta type male. Yeah. When I'm asking you to protect me from. Two dogs. A baiter is the the guy that goes on a fishing trip, but all he does is put worms on hooks. He never actually casts a reel. I don't understand. Baiter. Great. Well, I'm already feeling that. So, <laughs> <laughs> if the hat fits, <laughs> easy money. Uh, so I was uh, I was very curious. Uh, the last few times we've spoken, um, obviously we've we've gone a more of a deep dive on on your comedy and everything else and, and kind of like the business aspect of things, which is a bit different from, you know, the comedy angle and, and, and more of the fun, lighthearted stuff. And uh, I always like, you know, digging down and seeing, I guess, how you're going and progressing because I don't think many people ask you that question on your own podcast. Mm, no. Well, usually you have guests on the show to, to talk about them. Yeah. And I've had you on probably four or five times. We haven't talked about the beer once. So that's. No, no, we haven't. That's a problem. And yeah. two, the la- this is becoming a bit of a pattern because the last guest I had on here was uh, James Donald Forbes McCann. And that yep. honestly felt like I was on someone else's podcast just yeah. talking about myself and Jack and my dick for, for 90 minutes. So <laughs> that's how selfish we get here at the Welcome to the Potty podcast. Oh, man. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if no one else is going to do it, do it for yourself, right? Exactly, and that's what that's why we have. Is that these. why the show exists? Yeah, yeah. The show, the, this show is essentially just a dick a, swinging competition for yeah, yourself. or dick yeah. beating competition <laughs> <laughs> with yeah. myself. Yeah, just like how hard can I make myself come this week? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I mean, like that's a that's you've chosen quite a unique platform for that. Um, usually people would go Instagram for that kind of route, I find. So Oh dude, people on Instagram. Yeah. Reality. So cool, man. Yeah, it's they're all so in reality. Cool. And that's what I actually say to myself when I make when I make myself calm. I go, Oh, <laughs> oh Clay, you're so cool. <laughs> well, this this went off track very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you gotta bring some just fucking foolishness to along to the Potty podcast before like if you're just gonna end up talking about yourself for an hour. 
Mm. You got to bring something. Yeah. Something. Because otherwise it's just, uh, yeah, just self-indulgence, man. It's like. Oh, but that's. that's This I show mean, is the Gucci pants of entertainment. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you picked a very specific. I think someone there. mentioned Gucci pants yesterday. So it was just there. It was oh, easily accessible. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Wow. Very lodged into the subconscious there. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it came back out. <laughs> <laughs> next next paycheck, you're just going to be like, oh, cool, nice pants, Clay. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, but no, like I think that's, it's, it's you know, we haven't spoken about the beer before, but it's probably because it's been, um, you know, there's been a lot of... Speaks for itself, honestly. Like all you need to do is taste it and you know how fucking amazing it is. Oh, man, these royalties. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a getting a good service. Add money. Yeah. Um no, I think it's 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 really interesting because the last couple of years have been uh pretty pretty strange. So I guess it's hard to talk about things with any degree of certainty when it's been so, you know, unstable and and everything else and being like a small business is uh as you would know, is like is is pretty pretty uh I guess hard to uh to navigate and to predict and things like that. So I guess that was like my first thing with you was if you knew now what you knew, like what, like if you knew now how hard it would be and everything else, do you think it would have influenced you when you started? I don't think when I started, I don't know what the goal was. I don't know if there was a goal, um, but I don't think the goal when I started was I'm going to be a comedian. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure as soon as my first set ended, that became the goal. Yeah. It felt so good. Yeah. Um, so if I knew then how hard it was, no, I don't think it would have changed shit because, um, and I don't know whether we've talked about this before on the podca- <coughs> podcast, but um, yeah, I my, f- my first goal in life was to become an NBA player. Yeah, I remember. There's, there's more. Oh no! The reason this is so similar is because I um I talked about this with James. Um, there's more lottery winners every year than there are um draft picks. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. You mentioned it with James, which was the sixty draft picks, thirty guaranteed of yeah. those. Like it's it's a yeah. It's a it's a very 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 lucky few that yeah. make it. And I didn't make it, but I did. I did uh, make a living off of it, which mm. is, which is the goal essentially. Like, if you can, if you, no matter what field you're in, if it's beer, if it's finance, if it's marketing, if it's uh, support work, if you love what you do and you enjoy doing it, the goal is just just make a living. You don't need to yeah. become a trillionaire. You know, like I'm not no. trying to be the next Bezos. Yeah, or like in comedy terms, like like. Uh, you know, Joe Rogan, uh, who I'm actually better at comedy than, but um, I don't want to be the next Dave Chappelle. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't need to be a mogul in the industry. I just want to. I just want to do it. I just want to be able to get by doing it. That's all I give a fuck about. So like I just care about comedy. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's challenging. Um, it's like golf, man. It's just you up there. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess that that was. Uh a really nice statement, but you didn't answer the question even. Oh yeah. Um, sorry. So if I knew (laughs) then would I, no, I wouldn't have stopped. As I said, I I think I did answer it. I, my first, I knew how hard it was going to be to become an NBA player. And it didn't stop me. Like, I mean, like all that, like, you know, 
how hard it is just to get like I don't like so currently right now. I don't well, know. I think a bit of ignorance was involved. Yeah, ignorance is bliss, but I think that's the question that um, you know what I've self reflected on a lot is you look at things and you look at planning and you look at every other thing and um, usually like, you know, I find that once you leave high school, like the dream fades in a way. So it's like, you know, when you're, when you're in high school, you could be anything, you mm. could do anything. Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? All that kind of shit is like the question. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, here's your score. This is what you can get into. Do this. This is the wise move, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I think that it changes. And I think my biggest thing is that being naive, I think, is a, is a gift in a way because naive uh, means that you actually do shit uh, and you try it because you almost think that you can do it. And then once you get baptized by fire, you're so far in that you're, you either have like, you know, you've, you've moved in the journey from the, the beginning to, you know, some Yeah, now, now I'm thinking about it, there definitely was ignorance involved because there was a, I remember, I remember a conversation with one of my coaches at, I was, I was already 18 at the time. Mm-hmm. And he said, "What's he was like? What what what's your goal?" And yeah. I said, "I want to play in the NBA." Yeah, and he didn't shoot me down. Um, Sounds like a good coach. Yes, yes, and no, I guess. Um, yeah, I think he made me. He helped me manage my expectations in terms of what college to go to because I did get recruited by some big schools. Yeah, um, that if I went to, I may not have actually even played at. Yeah. Um, and he helped me without telling me you're not going to be in the NBA. Uh, he helped me um, choose a school that I was I was going to be able to to play at. Yeah. So that. Um, but again, like if we were talking about like the you know with comedy and and this podcast and things like that, knowing how hard it is to make this successful thinking about your first episode and or even your first stand up mm. and how like just how much time and energy and money it takes to do it do you think that it would have if you'd known all of that before you'd started do you think it would have influenced you to start or stop no i don't think so i think i'm just built like that mm. i think i just i, I want to do what i want to do yeah yeah well so that's that's like I, I think that's the simplest form is being naive yeah and that's I think it's a strength because I you see so many of these kids and stuff like that and they have these like crazy ambitions and they're like massive dreamers and everything like that. And part of me wants to say, you're a fucking idiot. You've got no idea how hard it is. Like that seems so far-fetched. And I'll, I'll never say that because I don't – I would hate myself if I did that and if someone did that to me, I'd hate them. Mm. But I think it's such a strength to go, you know what, like no, 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 maybe it's it's naive and foolish in a way where you go, you know – it might not work for them, but nah, for me, it's going to be different because I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to do this or whatever. And I, yeah. think, I think that's awesome. Like, I think it's the best thing. So I think being naive is just, is a strength in a way, which is crazy for what it sounds like, but it's, it's the reason people start in these endeavors because if they'd known how hard it was or how many challenges would come their way, a lot of people I think wouldn't do it. So yeah. the naive plays yeah. a strength. Yeah, pussies. <laughs> like I, I like I'm not no I'm not making I'm I'm in the red in the podcast I'm in the red in comedy I I already know how hard it is and I'm still I'm still doing it yeah. so like it's just a lot of people like 
If mm. you're in the red after 360 episodes, who, who's going past 50 episodes and not making money? Oh, but it just depends. Like, it's, it's, it's all, like, I guess that's the difference is you, you kind of, you have to adapt and you have to pivot and you have to do things differently. So, like, the fact that you're going, okay, well, the more I am, uh, the bigger my profile as a comedian, the more people will listen to the Welcome to the Potty podcast. That seems like a pretty good reverse engineering, right? Mm, that seems like ways. a thing. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, like a closed loop that, that they both scratch each other's back in a way. Mm. Um, so that's, that's like, yeah, but that's, that's the thing is like, I think finding that out and figuring that out, like you don't, you don't have to put like expectations on, oh, this needs to be in the green by X or I'm a failure. It doesn't work like that. Like the, the scales tip when they tip, if you keep going, I mean, the overheads here wouldn't be insane. So it's not like you're, you know, not feeding your kid to keep the potty on. No. So it's, it's still within this is relativity. A, if this room got robbed, I'd fucking kill myself though. For <laughs> sure, bro. This is like, this room is worth as much as my car, if not more, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, crazy. But I mean, like, I remember um, when you first My started. address is, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's insured, right? <laughs> uh, oh, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I guess that's, that's that one thing is I, I find that um, obviously like as you get older, um, it gets a lot harder. Obviously, you've got a little man now. Um, you've got more responsibility. He looks after himself, bro. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy, bro. So yeah, we don't we don't really do shit. Easy money. <laughs> We're <laughs> never even home. He just, he's here. He, takes, he feeds the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he looks after himself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and dogs. He's got yeah. dependents. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, I think that's I think that's the one thing as well that I mean I'm I'm 32 now, uh, you know you're 32. Um, the things you do when you're like 27 are different because you kind of have this thing where you're looking forward. And I find that as we get older, this is my opinion, so take it with a grain of salt. But as we are younger, we look forward, and then when we get to a certain age in our middle like mid 20s, we look sideways. So we go, what are my friends doing? What am I? What are other people I know doing? And then oh, that guy bought a house or these people are getting married or whatever else. And that kind of changes my trajectory and influences me versus, um, you know, keeping that forward, like, I guess, looking forward and looking at what you're doing, which is obviously like if the podcast is in the red and everything else is in the red, it wouldn't be that far in the red and it wouldn't be that far too deep. Right. No, like we, we, we make, we make a little bit of money. Mm. We make enough to chuck some some money in marketing and 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 for for boardman to get get a little bit of a payday. Yeah. Um. So like we make money, but um, it's just not. It's just not. It's just not like. But I'm not. I'm not counting down the months to like. Fuck! I'm about to. I'm about to like leave my job. You know. Yeah. Like, um. But you know, we make we make a little bit of coin. But um. No, but I guess that's that's like what I mean though. Is like as you get older. Like it's hard not to, you know. I guess that that's where those challenges have a bit more weight to them. So, excuse me, when you're talking to someone and they're talking about how they've just bought a house and they've done this stuff, and then you're looking about it and going, "Oh fuck, well I've got a podcast that's in the red." That becomes like a greater burden than what it did five years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. When when my friends are like doing adult moves like that, buying homes, building homes, building their third home, bro. I've got. 
Yeah. I've got people in my life that are doing that shit, and I, it, it like I'm not a piece of shit, but it <laughs> makes me it makes me feel like I am. Yeah. Um. It makes me feel like I'm like letting Rachel down, or letting Kenny down, or letting myself down, or I'm not I'm not where I'm supposed to be by a certain age. Like and yeah. and. But that's like that's not societal. Only like who who imposed that re- restriction or who imposed that pressure? Because there's no pressure really. There isn't at all. No, it's completely made up. Because yep. it's it's not like you need to do this, otherwise you'll die. No, you know it's not anything like that. It's more so that this is the expectations that happen. So when you reach a certain age, it becomes foolish to do this, and it makes more sense to do this. It's just about re rewiring your brain and your thought process it's, you it's cognitive beh- behavioral therapy really it's like sure. you can you can think of investment as it has to be a tangible thing it has to be you're, you're investing in bricks and mortar or you're yeah. you're investing in uh stocks and bonds i don't know who's doing bonds these days but mm. um but like again. like i'm investing in myself yeah which which people do they don't think it is that but like everyone's paying off their university degree. That's an investment you made in yourself. Yeah. I am lucky enough not to have to pay mine back. Yeah. And so I'm investing in myself by buying equipment for my podcast, purchasing marketing, um, having a, uh, a co-host slash uh, engineer slash uh, producer Mm -hmm. that, um, that, that gets, gets, you know, semi-paid. Yeah. Um, and it, and buying flights to to different cities to do comedy and and registering my show in in festivals and stuff. Would you would you say that's an investment? Like, obviously, you said like, and that's the thing with the societal thing. I think putting a filter on your influence is really key, and that would be something I would say to anybody. Like, if your influence is going to be people saying you need to buy a house, you need to buy a house, and you don't agree with that, then you need to remove yourself from that and find people who are more intimate in regards to yeah bro if you are a democrat you should watch cnn and cnn only you shouldn't be <laughs> you shouldn't be getting other perspectives in your life no tunnel vision no, that's what we need yeah but you know what i mean is like i think it, it comes down to it where it's like you should be um surrounding yourself with people who are going to help you solve the problems and so and come with solutions versus just telling you that what you're doing is wrong like you're speaking a different language mm. so the investment you're doing, you might say, "Oh, you don't have hex, or I don't have whatever else, and I'm not, I don't, don't have a mortgage." But what you're doing is you're investing in yourself, and what you're buying is you're buying yourself freedom from regret and yeah. freedom from other things that come later in life when you go, "Fuck, I'm 40 years old and I haven't done a fucking thing." Yeah, I'm and I think mortgage. those those people in my life are, are a minority. They're you know they're basically you know blacks, but um. <laughs> No, like, but I've got enough of those people in my life for me to have enough value in them to to keep the other um, people who think I'm an idiot. Uh, they can stay around because I've got I've got enough support to, yeah. um, you know, Mister Mister. I want to I want to pay um, my mortgage my mortgage or my three mortgages for the rest of my life. Go ahead. Oh, look, there's there's no. Like, there's no right way to climb the mountain, right? If that makes you happy and that gives you purpose, then fucking go for it. Mm. Amazing. But that doesn't, it's not the same for everyone else. And I think there's a lot of people like yourself, and I put myself in the similar category, which is if I don't do this, I'm going to hate myself because 100%. It's the same thing, like, the, you know, that old adage. And I've, I think I've said it on the show here before, but it was like the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. 
And the second best time to do it is today. Yeah. And I believe that fucking everything. So what I'm doing is in pursuit of this process, I'm learning fucking everything I need to learn, everything I want to learn. I'm figuring it out along the way. I'm challenged as fucking the most I've ever been challenged. Mm. And the biggest part of it is I'm driven. Like I've got this purpose. I don't feel like... Uber. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have this whole thing where, um, you know, I've worked, you know, big corporate jobs. I've had really, really... I've been super, super privileged with some opportunities I've had where I've been in, you know, conversations about national campaigns and all these other things. And then I go through a spectrum of having some random guy in, in a bottle shop in some random suburb absolutely, you know, shit on me. And I'm still... Still Odell driven. Beckham Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is like, I guess that's it is like what I'm doing now is I'm trying to figure out if I can do this and I'm never going to ask the question. So the investment is just like what you've, you've done is the investment in the equipment in this room and everything else, all that money, just because you're not putting it towards a house that's an asset or whatever like that doesn't mean it's not like in itself a bigger asset, which could be I'm not going to fucking hate myself in... 10 years time and go, what the fuck have I done? Yeah. And, and I think that's it is like, you know, you, you, you should be driven by purpose. You shouldn't be driven by, by profit. No. Um, and I don't think there's shame in, there's no shame in it. In, in like, and I don't intend to fail and I don't think you do either. I don't think anybody ever does. Do you shoot like, a shot hoping to miss? No. no you shoot no, a shot thinking it's going in, right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't think, and yeah, if you miss a shot on the buzzer to win, there's no shame. No. In that, no one's mad at Jimmy Butler right now for his for his attempt. I'm so grateful for Jimmy Butler <laughs> and missing that three pointer. Yeah, but like Miami fans don't hate him. No, uh, his parents don't hate. Oh, uh, sorry. Well, he's he is adopted, but <laughs> his his you know. Oh my god! <laughs> that one that one's a long one, so I just had to cut that one short. But oh, um, yeah, no, no one's mad at Jimmy Butler for taking that shot, and no one's mad at me for doing comedy and I'm not going to be mad and that's who matters you might have a wife you might have kids you might have parents you you got to live with yourself absolutely but then it's I I think yeah spot on it's it's this thing where you go this is this is something that I love doing this is something that makes me happy and gives me this purpose and it makes me the best version of myself for my partner and my child as well absolutely I think I I <laughs> I couldn't speak highly enough into that. Is that people who lack purpose end up being like kind of like they, they Canos. Yeah, they just suck. They're leeches because they suck onto things and they get kind of stuck. Man, in you corny. <laughs> you get stuck, and I think the best version of yourself is always going to be the best version for everyone else around you. So um, yeah, I, again, freedom from regret is a big one because that burden gets heavier as you get older. And I mean, I like that phrase, freedom from regret. Oh man, it's it's everything. It's that you know you can you can use money to invest. You can use money to do whatever. You can do the same with time. You can do the same with energy. But the biggest thing is like, what's that token used for? What are you using it for? If you're using it for something that feeds you and grows you, and you get better and you become a better person and everything else, then it's fucking worth its weight in gold. Mm. Versus a lot of other people, just gold hardly backs the currency. But that's for another day. <laughs> But it's just one of those things where you just, you, you know, if you're trapped in those those mindsets where you're kind of listening to what society or those pressures and stuff like that and it kind of influences you, I do think it comes back. I think that I think that no matter how, what, what way it's going to show its head, it's going to come back and it's going to go, you know, 
you you didn't do what you were supposed to do and now it's too late you know and you're going to feel the pressures and the problems with it that come with that and like i don't wish that for anybody mm-hmm. I, I hope that if you know if your route is not to do that fine that makes me super happy but again like i've seen a lot of people that you know get a lot of satisfaction from talking about things and when it comes to doing it they don't do it so the satisfaction of talking about it is enough to to quench that thirst but for me like that's not the case and i think you're the same oh yeah and i think um me being like that is a uh, like rach rach has on many occasions told me like you know what i love about you when you say you're gonna do something you, do you it. fucking do it yeah and uh yeah i mean in not so many words that is exactly what what you just said like well, practice I think, what you preach, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I think well, action begets action as well. So, like, easy money. <laughs> when you gotta you, hit, sometimes you got to hit the board. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, but action begets action. So, if you do something, you're you're growing that skill and you're doing it and you're getting better at it. And then the better you you become at it, the more you keep doing it. So yeah. if you, the more you jump on stage, the more that being on stage is going to be better for you. You're going to be better on the stage, and you're going to enjoy being up there more because you're going to you're going to grow that skill. One hundred. Well, that's and that's the thing is that you know there's this this stigma that we have endless time and all that kind of stuff, but creativity and ideas expire. They oh, absolutely yes. expire. Yep. If you don't do anything, they go away. Like you lose them and it's just like any skill. Like if you don't dribble a basketball for six months, when you pick it up, you're not going to be as good as you were like, you know, when you were using it every day. Uh-uh. Same as creativity, same as every other thing. So I think, you know. And even though that's not my um my uh, path anymore, I still hate myself. Oh, when yeah. I, when I, yeah, I can like dribble it off my knee, I'm like, oh, why man. do you even exist? Oh, man. Like I used to do a thing which was like, you know, left hand and right hand layups and I used to just do it like religiously to get that. I guess that, you know, in, in, in like dexterity. Yeah. Yeah. Both. And now like, because I don't do anything like that anymore. Like my left hand sucks now. Oh, bro. Like not even, not even like even basketball in everything. Jerk offs. I can't jerk myself off left handed. Yeah. No, 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 I can't do it. Yeah. I can't say I would want to do it, but yeah. Do you think a piano player? Oh, wow. Gives the best hand jobs. I'd say it's like them or like a rock climber or like a, Rock ja- climber, jazz I would pianist. say. I think a <laughs> rock climber would give the worst handles. <laughs> the calluses, calluses oh, and the, the, just the, the the severity of the grip. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. A pianist is at least got some finesse to him. There's some dexterity amongst all of the the fingers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The finger, yeah. The, the the finger professions. I think. Yeah. That either either good. I think a hand job can go both ways. It can be a, it can be a <laughs> It can be a, a tug or a or a penetration. Penetration. I, yeah, I think from a hand job. No, I mean for just like in terms of a hand job, like a hand job can be for men or women. It can be a fingering, a finger fuck, if you will. <laughs> or it can be a jerk off. A hand fuck. job. A, a, a wank, if you will. You've you've thought about this. I just think you I just think you can like if you like head. Head yeah. is eating out or or S and D. Yeah. I think a hand job is both, right? It can be like I can give Rachel a hand job even though she doesn't have a, a wiener. Well, it's uh, I wouldn't call it a hand job. But I, you don't yeah. want to always you say, say you like, jerked like, off. Yeah, so yeah, Rachel, finger yeah. bashing my bitch or whatever. Like, yeah. That's pretty aggressive, you know? Well, that's Yeah, that's very, that's yeah. violent. But yeah. pianists, I think, probably good at hand jobs and fingering. And um, rock climbers, definitely 
Definitely avoid. Avoid a rock climber if you can. Jazz um, jazz pianist, maybe. Sometimes you've got to take it where you can get it. But yeah. 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 No. Well, I've been there. Okay. I've been, well, not with a rock climber. Well, potentially. I'm, potentially. He had. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah. I mean, back to, you know, what we were saying and, and I guess probably more so on that, I guess that question of, you know, creativity and everything expiring and things like that where ideas do expire and especially as you get older and the longer that it goes between, how, how um, I guess, important is it to you, like routine and, and staying on top of your reps? If it's, you know, I need to do writing for this amount of time, I need to do this for this amount of time. Like, do you notice that if you stop for a certain amount of time that you, you do struggle, you, don't, you lose a bit of the momentum or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think for... For comedy, you need to be you need to be getting up on stage a lot just for um, ten thousand hours. Yeah, you yeah. need to be working on your jokes. Obviously, like not just at home. You need to be you need to be saying them out loud on stage. You need to be able to riff a little bit. You need to, like that's the only way your jokes are going to change. Yeah, um, and it's the only way that you're going to go through your jokes fluidly without umming and ahhing and and getting stuck. And then timing's everything in comedy. Yeah. So if you're not up on stage regularly, making sure that you have that timing down, yeah, um, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna feel a bit funny for you, and it's gonna feel a bit funny for the audience. So I think it's, I think it's super important. Do you, do you think that um, there's like almost an alter ego that you create? So like, I know a lot of people talk about like manifesting what their ideal life looks like, and then if you had achieved all the goals you want to achieve, how would you act differently? Do you find that like with stage time and doing things like that, if you're on stage and you're you're almost like acting as this hyper-confident person, that that's like something that you can gain and you can do over time that you couldn't have done when you first entered on stage. And if you were nervous, everyone felt you were like nervous. Do you know what I mean? Like is it something that you can you can one do and is it something that you actually do where you almost put on a persona of I'm Clay on stage versus Clay, you know, on his podcast or Clay – Clay, Clay on the podcast is definitely a different person to Clay, I think. Yeah. Um, like, like He's an entertainer. Yeah, and he talks crazy intentionally. Like, I don't, on the podcast, I don't mean everything I say. Yeah. Uh, on stage, I suppose I don't either. Yeah. But uh, I'm much closer to real-life Clay on stage than I am on the podcast. Sure. Um, people say I'm so confident and comfortable on stage. I don't feel that, but yeah. that's the thing. So it's a persona then? Is it, is it something I suppose you put on? It's not something I put on. I guess, like, you don't want to be up there looking like a nervous wreck. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think at this stage of my career, I think I've been relatively careful with my jokes. Okay. I don't think I've let myself unleash... Versus the potty. The, yeah, the potty. I'm just reckless. Yeah, like, I just don't give a fuck. I feel like I feel like, um, it's I don't know. I don't Who, know. Oh, okay, name name like three of your favorite comedians just off the top of your head right now. Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, uh, Eddie Murphy. All right, so all of those guys are ruthless. Yeah, and so you're saying that you're not as ruthless, but you are on the podcast, but you're not on the stage. Mm. I think I think it's just the live medium is just a bit scarier. Yeah, I think just like the nature of knowing that someone could just like stand up, and be like "fuck you" or whatever. Like, and I, it's is that not a, it's genuinely not a, fear. Is that something you f- you genuinely fear? No, not really. It's not something I think about while I'm on stage. I probably think about yeah. I probably think about it more when I'm writing. Okay, like I've got a joke. 
uh, at the moment where I use the F word. Um, I don't say the the get bit at the end, but I say fag. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I have used the full word. Okay. I didn't get abused or whatever, but it got crickets. They fucking did not laugh at the joke. Okay. And then I've only done the joke twice. Yeah. First time I used uh, the maggot. Yeah. And second time I just used fag. Yeah. And it went off. The second time? Yeah. So people just Without like, the extra... Yeah. yeah so people okay. just don't want that full word right now and that's fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, like even though I didn't get abused... When you go, when you get crickets from a joke, <laughs> it does not feel good. No, <laughs> it's like you're no. driving home. You're just like, should I just run this into a stony <laughs> pole? Like it, it sucks, man. Like, but yeah, it's it's just it's just the game. And like, I know some comedians. Well, I don't know them, but I listen to podcasts and stuff of like some of the biggest comedians mm-hmm. out in the US. And they're just like, sometimes it's fun to go to a small room with 10 people and fucking eat a dick. Like, really? Because once you've got a name, oh. people just laugh at you. Well, that's it. I mean. And they're just like, it's fun to be silly and try new stuff. And eat. I'm not there yet. I don't okay. like, I've never enjoyed eating a dick on stage. <laughs> like, I sweat. I am like, I need, I need to go home. I need to go home. I need to go home. Like, yeah, I, kinda, yeah. like, I hate you gotta, it. You got to wash it off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like. Yeah, I can imagine when when you're so confident in yourself that you're killing every night to a theatre yeah. that it might be fun to go to a room and fucking eat a bag. Like, well, I mean, that's there's a lot of artists that do that, right? They use those monikers to test things on like a more authentic audience that's not, you know, basing them off the equity of what they are as a, a as an artist. I know, you know, I know Jeff Buckley used to do that in in Memphis with his second album. He was playing songs to people who knew didn't know who he was under a false name just to get a real reaction mm. versus the expectations they place and go, oh, yeah, this is just good because it's him. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which that's, is- uh, and that's like, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to speak ill of um, anyone in mm-hmm. the industry, no matter whether there's a chance they listen to this or not. But I recently went to a comedy show uh, of someone who I have in my basic, pr- probably my Mount Rushmore of comedy, and I, I, I thought it sucked, man. I thought it yeah. fucking sucked. And probably because they don't have the opportunity to do that. They don't have the opportunity to grow yeah. because they just go out and people are like, oh, Enable. this is so-and-so. Yeah. So it's funny. It's a yes man kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. His first his first uh, thing he did was when he went on stage, he came out and it wasn't a joke and he wasn't trying to be funny. Yeah. He just like, Adelaide, like, yeah. like, like, you know, trying to hype everyone up. Yeah. And instead of like, whoa, yeah, everyone laughed. Everyone laughed at that. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing Chris Tucker. Mm. I saw Chris Tucker live. And I love Chris Tucker. I think he's hilarious. But I, I felt that, yeah, like, I, I, there was some things that he said that people just laughed at. And I think they only laughed because it's him. Yeah. And and, like, and he's got, like, he's got a funny voice. Yeah. Yeah. But he, like, he was funny. Like, he wasn't, like, a, he not like he bombed or anything, in my opinion. But, like, I think there was just things that he did that weren't funny, but people laughed. Because mm. they're like, oh, it's just Chris Tucker. Like, this is funny. Like it's like almost a generalization versus if you look at it like what the content was on its own merit, it wasn't that good. Like if yeah. he, if that was some no name doing it in a, a room with ten people, it probably doesn't do that well. Yeah, I was at um, Boardman's birthday a few weeks ago and um, talking to a couple friends about comedy, mm-hmm. um, and I named three of probably the most highest paid comedians in the business right now. 
okay. that I truly yeah. And people people might laugh at this. People might think I'm like absolutely out of my mind. I truly believe that I'm more talented than yeah. these people. I don't want to mention them right. Like like I said, I don't, like I don't I don't want to get to a point where I meet these people and <laughs> like this is a clip going around the internet. Yeah. So I don't want to I don't want to say it. So but yeah. like there's a few out there that are just famous people. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, you know, this is this is one of the best people in our craft. And it's like, no, it is not. Yeah. There are people like Mark Norman, Sam Marill, Joe List, mm. um, Stavros Halkius, uh, um, Ian Finance, you know, mm-hmm. that are that are fucking killers. They f- care about comedy that yeah. are so fucking good. Yeah. And then you got these guys that are just like household names cause and people are like, yeah, he's the best at comedy. It's like, just cause he's more famous than people doesn't yeah. make him good at comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like people are out there grinding, not getting their dues. And the, those five names I just said, are just like, yeah, some of the best writers, yeah. Comics, performers that you can see. Yeah. And yeah, they've got millions of views on YouTube, but like, they're not getting you. They're not getting Netflix no. gigs. They're not getting. Um, well, I mean, they're not A-listers getting you know movies and things and yeah. sitcoms and everything. Else. Yeah, or or doing like they're doing clubs and theaters. They're mm-hmm. still in club and theaters. So they're not getting arenas. No, there's some arena acts out there mm. that are fucking garbage, dude. Yeah, straight up garbage. Yeah, and it's just because you can get to a point. Where, yes, and it's hard work to get to that point, don't get me wrong, where your name just has equity in itself. Yeah. But if you truly respect the craft, you shouldn't be letting the craft suffer because of that. That's, yeah, like, amazing. Sensational. I No, I agree. And I think that's it is, like, I think it gets to a point I love where... cheesecake. <laughs> 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 no, I think, look, that's that's the, the thing, and I think for... for people like in, in like a, a situation where you're up and coming and you're still trying to like earn your way and doing that stuff is like you get your ego destroyed. Mm. Like you don't have an ego. So like you might say, yeah, I'm better than them. But the reason you say you're, you, you're better is because you invest probably more into the craft, more into the, the reps, more into the things where not to say versus them, not practicing what their show is or whatever. But I mean like you're in the guy, you're the guy that's in the, <laughs> into the room that's, 10 people there and you're trying to make 10 strangers laugh. Bitch, you want with me shooting in the gym? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't have people at the show who weren't on, weren't there for rehearsals or whatever else. But like, I think that's that thing where that's like, you could objectively say one's harder than the other. And as much as it like, you know, your talent and your experience gets you those opportunities later down the line. Um, yeah, ego definitely comes into that. And once your your brand becomes big or whatever else, and like we've all met people who are either, you know, doing something really well. I just realised I just realized I named five New York comedians. So I think I think there might be something about LA that's Yeah. Like putting some shame in the game. I just I just it just hit me. I was like, I only like, named what New about, Yorkers. What about Santino? Uh Bobby Sant uh Andrew Santino. Andrew Santino, yeah. Um I Where's he from? He's a, he's from Chicago, but he's he's an LA comic. He started in LA and has yeah. been in LA ever since. He's pretty funny. He's very funny. Uh, he's he's filming a special shortly, so we'll be okay. able to see. He's never actually he's got a couple of albums, yeah, but no specials. Like, okay, uh, so it'll be interesting to see. 
pressure's um, on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, he, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I'm more of a fan of him as a guest on podcast than his own podcast. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. He puts on, he, I, I don't think he, I think he's, because he's so LA. Yeah. I think he, he knows the value in grabbing someone else's audience. Sure. So he really goes out there with, with his A game. Yeah. And he put, he does bits and he's very good at improving. Yeah. And he just goes crazy on other podcasts and he's more low key on his. Yeah. I, I still listen to his. I yeah. think he's, he's good. Um, it's entertaining, but it's just like when he's a guest, man, he's hilarious. he just kills. And like, yeah. I've, 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 like I've got like this weird thing with my memory where like I'll I'll drive past a spot and be like oh I know what song I was listening to last time I drove down here yeah, yeah. and I've it's got a cue it's like a cue yeah, in your memory yeah I remember the first time I heard him on um I used to listen I don't listen to this podcast anymore but I used to listen to uh, the King and the Sting okay. um, which is Brendan Schaub and uh, Brian Callen okay. no no sorry it's called uh, the Fighter and the Kid sorry yeah. Um, and he was a guest on there and I remember listening to it and he was so fucking funny that when I think of the bit he was doing, <laughs> I just, I picture the road I was on. Yeah, like, it's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. The picture gets painted. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like driving home from all dinger. If I think of yeah. this, yeah. <laughs> this bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, fucking, that's, well, that's nuts because it's like, that means that it's a pretty heavily ingrained memory. Yeah. If you can remember where you were and what you were doing. Laughing very hard, driving <laughs> like probably is probably dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I guess I guess that's where like, I go to from here is like the ego thing. Um, how do you feel about ego in your act and and your craft? Obviously, like you're still, you could say a starving artist in a way. Hundred percent. I'm yeah. a I'm a I'm a rookie man. I'm I just didn't want to offend you. That's why I say so. You could say that, but in my mind, I'm I'm calling you a starving artist. Just like I'm calling like, I'm myself like a. Um, the same situation where I'm not there's I've got no credence to stand on that makes me better than anyone else and mm. I would never think that for uh, anyway but I think it's sometimes you know you don't know if I'm going to step on your toes and I don't think I'm going to step on your toes no but you don't like like just because we're relatively new in the game like and maybe maybe young bloods are somewhat unknown beer mm-hmm. doesn't yep. doesn't mean that you don't have the skills no, right? no, it doesn't sure. mean that I'm not funny just because I've only been doing it for three years. No, for sure. Um, no, that's really well said. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think ego. I think ego is both uh, hugely important and also can be the absolute fucking downfall for for you in any industry, not just sport, not just comedy, not just entertainment. Yeah. In business, in relationships, in <laughs> in, in anything, ego. Ego is the most dangerous part of you, as well as the, the the most promising. I think. Really, oh well, that's that's a really interesting take, because I I have a very different view. Okay, ego. Hit have, me with it. Well, I have no ego anymore. Like I've had, it's been destroyed. Like, and I think the ego part of things would have held me back. Maybe maybe in aspects, but like I said, you don't think you've got a shit beer. No, but that's not ego. That's like that's confidence in the product. And that's like, that's also like consumer feedback. Like I've, I've got enough of the market to know that majority of people like it. Mm. Like 
I've done enough. I've done, it's, you know, 2018 to now is four years. I've had a lot of people try it. I've had a lot of people be fucking mean and crude, but I've also had a lot of people say, I really, really enjoy this. And then the sales, like the numbers don't lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. So I think that's- And children don't. Well, children apparently don't, yeah. But not that I'm feeding them beer. (laughs) Yeah, but children (laughs) will tell you you're fat to your face. Oh, why why is she so fat? Yeah. Or why is he fat? Like, yeah, yeah it 100%. But I mean, um, I don't know why I use those <laughs> examples. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, I don't know. No, but it's <laughs> it's like that with, with me. And like, so there's no, com- like the confidence doesn't change. Like I'm totally confident and I'm so, like so at the point now where like I've changed things and, and like, you know, tweaked things over and over and over again until it gets to a better version of itself over and over again. And I feel really happy with where it's at now. But the ego is different. Like, so for example, if someone originally, like one of the first visits I ever had when I went into this place and they were like the highest on my list of like places I want to sell beer in. And I went there and the guy was really rude. He was a massive shit. And he like called me out for a bunch of stuff. Like he was like, oh, you know, what the fuck? Who are you? Why are you doing this? Like, what? why are you doing the product? Are you just someone else? Blah, blah. He had no idea of who I was or anything else. And so he's like, I'll come back in a couple of days and, you know, I'll follow up, whatever. I went back in there and he told me, your beer's not very good and it's way overpriced and nobody's going to buy it. And yeah, I'm just that's a no from me. And yeah, until you do another product, don't come back, basically. And I remember it was very early on and it was someone that I had on this like, you know, massive thing in Melbourne of I wanted to be in this you know, environment. And I walked away and I sat in the car and I was like, fucking what like broken like just properly like it really impacted me Mm. in a way like i was still resilient enough but it it really impacted me at the time so then i went like i was like my rule is i I always want to do between like four and five visits a time so Mm -hmm. if i'm in an area i want to hit five places so then i was like yeah that was the first one this was early on so this was again this is like a bit more of a testament to like action begets action you set rules and then you get better at it and you hold yourself accountable anyway so I go into this next place and I drop in and I think I, I just wasn't, I wasn't on my A game because of I'd just been fucking told everything was shit. <laughs> and I give it to this guy and this guy owns a couple of bars, whatever. He opens, they were cold. So he opens the beer, pours it in a glass, drinks it. He goes, yeah, this is really good. How much? And I was like, oh, this. And he goes, you got any deals? And I say, yeah, we can do this. And he says, can you get me five cases? And I went, and I walked out and I went, what the fuck? Like within 10 minutes, I had two completely different sides of spectrum of mm. this is a really, really positive engagement and this is a really, really negative engagement. And I think that's when I realized that like you can't, you know, that's not going to dictate it. I'm not going to let anything dictate it moving forward after that. So I was like, all right, well, if someone hates it, I'm going to shake it off. It's not a reflection of me. Like, it's really hard to separate that. I mean, it'd be fucking harder for you because you are the fucking product, right? When you're mm. on stage, you are the product. If someone gives you a bad review, they're talking shit about you. Yeah. I've had a mil- like I've had a, a, a <coughs> lot of bad reviews and I've had a lot of great reviews. Um, everyone has an opinion, right? Whatever. But that's that thing is the ego became destroyed because the ego was, I was like, I expected to be told that it was great. And when yeah, it right. wasn't great, when they didn't give me that, I was like down and I questioned my own value. So I fucking cut that out and I would say that to anyone else in the same situation, no matter where you're at, is cut it out and just focus on 
like focus on the craft, focus on the, that, those kind of things. Because if that was, and not to say that it's different for me or someone else, but if I would say that if someone else had been through some of the engagements I've had, they wouldn't be, they still wouldn't be going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've had people be really rude and you go, why am I putting myself through this? What is this doing for me? It doesn't serve me in any way. And then you get these amazing experiences on the other side and you go, that's why I'm doing it. So it's like kind of like that balance of like the ego for me is gone because I don't expect anything. Nobody owes me anything. They know, they owe me nothing. When I go in there and they give me shit, that's their opinion. If they give me good, that's their opinion. Mm -hmm. And I take it as a grain of salt and I, I move on. And I look at it in a business and a fiscal sense, which is, okay, that sucks I didn't get this account, but then I can get this account because they really like it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it kind of just, it's, you know, it's that thing where you just- Maybe that's why we've got different opinions uh, since you're looking at it more, more from a business perspective and maybe my, yeah, maybe like you said, my product is myself. So- well, it is. So I feel like ego is, and that's the same with like in sport. Like you've, like people talk shit about like Ja Moran and, and James Harden when they're saying like, yeah, I could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. Mm. It's like, what self-respecting athlete or, or basketball would player would say, no, I couldn't. But see, I don't say I don't think that's ego. I think that's confidence. I think ego is expecting that people will love your product because you did it or your thing. Because I'm great, people should think I'm great. I think that's ego. Confidence is going. No, no, I've given myself the best shot, and I'm confident that majority of the time this is going to work. Ego is going. I expect it to work, and the only reason I expect it to work, it's like, you know, when you start a business, my ego was, oh other people, businesses and all that kind of stuff. They can't sell beer at this price point. I'm going, no, fuck that. I can. That was completely egotistical of me to think that. Mm. And then when it happened and when I'm in those situations and it doesn't work, you go, well, it doesn't work for me. So the guy who told me that it wouldn't work, he was right. Mm. And it sucks because you're like, oh, he was a negative you know, person and he didn't really, he was a dream crusher. Yep. But then I had to learn that experience for myself. Nothing. He's just a, he's just another guy in the craft beer industry. Oh yeah, exactly. But <laughs> that's they're the thing. All the, they're all they're like comedy. Uh, it's saturated, right? It's saturated. Comedy, coffee, uh, beer. It's all subjective. At the end of the day, you you could be the number one selling beer in Australia, and one craft beer critic. Yeah. Who thinks he knows everything could be like this is the worst thing I've ever tasted. It's like, well, yeah, what like what do you know then? Well, what I do guess, you if like yeah. if the people have already spoken, what do you know? Well, that's it. And I think I think that's the relativity of it, is like not to let things get you down and not to influence you. I think that's like you know, we spoke about it earlier. Putting a filter on your influence is massive. So like the people you speak to when you're in these times, that's really critical. If you're going to someone and they're feeding you shit you're going to feel worse. If you go to someone and they say, no, 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 this is a bad day. You've had a bad day, but it's going to be better. You've mm. got to keep going. Fucking keep going. Get out there and do the next place because it will get better. There is options out there. It's not just going to be the be all and end all because one fucking person who you don't know and they don't know you and they mean nothing. It's like, you know, I wouldn't ask for, I wouldn't ask for advice from someone you know, I wouldn't take criticism from someone. I wouldn't ask for advice, you know? Yep. Same thing. Like you, a lot of these people are, are gatekeeping their, you know, consumer segment and they might not like you. They might not like me. They might not like the products, whatever. It doesn't matter. I can't control that. I can put my best foot forward. And when that doesn't work out or if it does work out, I take the same approach. I go to the next one and I give them the, the same thing. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I, I, like the one thing I've, 
I've always thought with, with comedy and I think with a lot of things in society now, like if it's beer, if it's coffee, if it's fucking restaurants, cafes, whatever, everyone thinks they can do it. So I call it, I call it the modern art paradox, right? So like you go see an Andy Warhol screen print and you go, I could fucking do that. It's yeah. a soup can. But what you do you didn't. mean? You didn't. One, you fucking didn't. Mm. Jackson Pollock, everyone's like, oh, Jackson Pollock. Oh, he just throws paint at the fucking thing. Hey, guess what, mate? You, you didn't. didn't. But guess what? Guess what? You don't know how long it took for that piece to end up there either. Yeah. You don't know all the shit shows they went through and all the stuff where people fucking hated on them and other people criticized and everything else. And then eventually someone gave them an opportunity down the line because the only reason was it was persistence or it was a break or something that happened. You don't know. So you say, I could fucking paint that. But yes, guess what? You're putting that painting up on your hallway. You're not putting it in the fucking MoMA. Yeah. Or you're not putting it in any local gallery. Like it's different. And I think that's it is like we have this. And also he got in when he did. Yeah. He got in. He was the first one to do it. Oh, well, I think... So, like, maybe you think you could do that, but maybe you would never have fucking thought of it if he never did it in no, the first place. But exactly. That's the thing is, like, name something else. Like, there's there's so many things. That Post-it could, notes is basic as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could have done that. Would I ever have thought of it? No. Absolutely not. But that's the thing is, like, you would then... you, you And wasn't of, that a failed attempt at glue or something like that? Isn't that what a post-it note is? Wasn't that... It was, I it was, don't actually know. I think it was a byproduct of a failed... Um, adhesive. Well, there's only there's only uh, there's no um, no failures, only lessons. Really, that's another thing. That's like, what they say. And um, I think we need to take a quick break because I'm about to piss all over this desk. Yeah, me too. All right, we're back and um, <sighs> relieved. It was uh, there's no failures, just lessons. I think. Yeah. Um. No, I think I guess like I was probably on a bit of a tangent and. Uh, and everything else, but yeah, the, the the whole sentiment I had about ego and everything else, um, was was more so like my own personal experience. And the modern art paradox is something that I found is people will give you advice without risking anything on their own dime. You know, mm. like if you're listening to someone and they say, "Oh, you know, you should do this, whatever," like that, like they're not doing what you're doing. They're not the one that's on stage. They're not the one that's invested a lot of time, money, and energy into a product. Um, it's a lot easier to say things from the safety net of your own life, or whatever, for someone else. Um, and I think that's yeah, that's it. Is like, I I think it it goes very much intertwined with the modern art thing, where I could do that or I could do this better. I look at it and I go, okay, well, don't tell me, show me. Yeah. And how many people will do that is probably, you know, very little. Um, Minimal, less than one percent. No, no, definitely not. But, um. Another. Less than 1% of people for real would, if you said, don't tell me, show me, would show you. Yeah. And uh, the other thing as well is like, it, it just shows you that it's on that important system for other people is it's not very high. You know, like some people just like to talk shit. Some people like to just be fed. Um, I guess they get fed their narratives in, in a way and then they can give criticism based off of disagreeing with you. But, they're not doing anything. They've got no skin in the game. They're not trying anything. So, like, where what are they? What does their opinion mean? Like, it doesn't. Like, you could, again, you could give them the the airtime for it, or you could just, you know, put a filter on it and say, "I'll listen to you if you've got some like golden nuggets of wisdom. I'm gonna, 
I absolutely listen to it, just like you would reading a book. But a lot of the time, you have to go, 90% of what people are going to say to me doesn't mean anything. Mm. And it's not going to influence me. It's not going to change anything drastically. Like, you know, feedback's one thing, but, um, you know, definitely be careful where you get it from and, and, and who your inner circle and, and sanctum is because that's precious space, really. Yeah, I agree. One thing I was going to ask you, um, if you had to give advice to yourself as a younger person, like let's just say you just finished playing basketball, like mm. this is back then, this is before comedy, whatever else, stuff that you, you would, you've taken on board now versus then, what would you say? Um, I'd, give this, I'd give this advice to anybody um, in in any profession, uh, well, mo- in any sort of creative profession, I suppose. Yeah. Do it yourself. Don't expect people to give you an opportunity. Like, don't, 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 um, don't sit around and wait for someone to offer you a job when, or even the perfect timing. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't wait for someone else to give you an opportunity based on the fact that you've got a marketing degree and or or a design degree. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and design Take something. Yeah. Design something on your own time, on your own dime, and send that to the company you designed it for or add it to your portfolio so you can take it to companies. You cannot just decide that you are something or have a degree in something with no experience and expect that you're supposed to be that, that thing. I can't expect people to put me on their shows. No. I can't expect people to pay me for their shows, mm-hmm. sadly. <laughs> um. Yeah, people, yeah, on that, in comedy, people will have a show where people are paying $30 a ticket yeah. and have five acts mm-hmm. that don't get paid. Yeah. Just the guy that organised the show is taking all the money. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's the NCAA, bro. It's, They're not paying their employees. It's the gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go any further down that line. But, like, yeah, I can't, I cannot even expect to get paid for the gigs I do. Mm. Go. And do it yourself. If you want to make films, you can't expect to study film and then all of a sudden you're going to get offered to fucking direct a TV show or a movie. Mm. You have to show that you can do it. You have to create a short film. Yeah. You have to create a feature length film sometimes. Yeah. You have to be in there creating yourself, putting your product out there mm. to for people to take notice. You cannot expect anyone to give you a chance when you have no nothing to show them i think yeah and I, I agree entirely i think that's the biggest point is that you can do it it's like the diy or die thing right i believe in that everything like you know it's because yeah like you said no one owes you anything and no one's going to just give you something and if you say i'm an artist no one's going to believe you until you produce things mm-hmm. so you have to like you have to let your work speak for itself i also think that comes from social media in a way where a lot of people are getting status and fame without talent. Mm-hmm. So for years and years and years, it's always been, I've been really good at this skill set. I'm a great musician or I'm an actor or I'm whatever else. And I got famous. Now they're plucking people out of obscurity and putting them on Love Island or something like that. And they're becoming famous mm-hmm. and they get that status by skipping steps, which is a, like winning the lottery in a way, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not like a, pl- you can't plan for it. So I think, Except yeah. there's less money and it's sh- so short-lived. Like, well, yeah, so it's no, but I mean... For, for something like that, like a Love Island, 
You get a hundred grand for winning, which I don't think anyone has ever taken for themselves. They all split it with the the person that they win it with. Okay. So that's fifty grand yeah. for two months, which yeah. is you know in a normal. But then all the Instagram followers and everything else you can monetize and stuff. Yeah, like. but that the fall the fall off of that is rapid because yeah. one the show is over, no one cares anymore, and two when the next season starts, people really don't care. Yeah. So but what you do you have bring? at maximum, mm. you get 50 grand and 12 months. Yeah. 12 months is a str- like, I'd be surprised to see six months. It just depends though. I think like the, this, I mean, I'm not going to bat for them or anything, but I think, I think my biggest thing is I agree with everything you said. And I think it's a really good advice for anyone. Love Island's a specific example, but yeah. like, but like it, yeah, name, reality someone, TV name someone from Love Island that's killing it. I haven't seen Love Island. Okay. So yeah, that example. <laughs> but yeah. I mean like I was just, it's more so like even like, you know, Married at First Sight or or these other shows where people are kind of put from, they're just everyday nobodies. Not to say nobodies because everyone's somebody, but I mean like you could be, you don't have to be, uh, you know, mastering a craft to get the notoriety. You can just be put in front of lots of people and then get notoriety from that. Um, which yeah. I don't think it, obviously it's not lasting and it's not meaningful and it's kind of like then those people just get addicted to that kind of lifestyle and need to do anything they can to get it mm-hmm. keep it but yeah I mean sex tape pimp and Chris Jenner <laughs> the OG yeah um but yeah no that, I think that's that's really valuable advice where the, the the do-it-yourself thing is I think the resources out there for now for just for trying is everything and um, we always have these like social perceptions that we're going to, oh, this is going to hurt my credibility if people don't like it or whatever else. Like, you know what? You're going to fucking suck to start. You are going to suck because every time it's like action begets action, the same thing that standards beget standards. The standard that you set and the skills that you learn are going inf- to like enable you to learn more and better and get better. And obviously you aren't progressing if you don't look back in six months and go, that was shit compared to what I'm doing now. And that's, that's like, um, that's, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, uh, you are, you are going to suck at first. And mm. I, you know, I think I'm good at comedy. I don't think I'm great at it. I don't think I'm the best at it, mm. but that's why I don't put my stuff online. I want to be at a certain level of, of, uh, quality before I before I start sharing it. Do I know that there is merit and um, uh, a benefit to putting stuff online? Yes, but I would prefer I'd prefer for it to be at a certain standard before it before it starts going out there. So I'm not like people. So many people have told me you got to start putting. Stuff. I agree. I 100 percent agree. Yeah. I don't I don't want to do it right now. Okay. Like I will. But like, yeah, it's just like you. you In another need, essence, though, when when we like, when will you be ready? When yeah, just when I when I'm. When I don't like I don't I, I can't put a quantitative measure on that. I'll be ready when I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I mean, I think you're ready. I've got I've got jokes. I've got jokes now that are 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 ready mm. but i also want those jokes in my pocket for shows that like i've got i haven't toured mm-hmm. i've got an infinite market mm-hmm. right now so i don't want to burn my a shit online yeah oh for sure 
I mean, there's like there's a lot of those, um, you know, guides they say give your best stuff out for free. You know, Gary V's and all those kind of stuff where they go give you give these resources out for free, and then people pay you for the skill set because you've set a higher standard. Blah blah mm. blah. Um, I like I you know I would probably the only spanner I'd throw in that works, and I'd say is um yeah you're ready, but I understand why because you are in a, a, a situation it's the same like i know com- comedy is different to the normal things like you know you can't film any specials and stuff like that when it's any big name comics because they don't want to release the the gear for to ruin for the person who hasn't seen it yet mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a spoiler so i can i can understand on that context um but I, I think that um yeah i think you know when it's like you know there's no time as i said with the tree analogy earlier whatever the old asian proverb you know 20 years ago or today like i think you're ready it just depends on how high on the on the totem pole it is of your priorities yeah pretty low i think i don't because exactly. I, I don't i don't think i don't think it's a make or break situation Mm-mm. um i'm not my my stuff isn't like i'm not like a tiktok comedian mm-hmm. uh i don't i don't have one-liners i don't have like i, I don't have probably that fan base and i mean that's probably because i'm not on tiktok but like um yeah it's just not it's just not me right now and it like it potentially will be potentially won't be but like you don't have to have your material out there to be um a successful comedian and um you know i've got some examples but they're they're already successful so it's kind of like a look there's no right way to climb the mountain yeah you know i I genuinely like there's there's so many different ways to do it like which side, whatever. Like, there's so many analogies you can throw at it, but like, I understand that, and I think, yeah, like, I think that was that was more so uh, an outsider's perspective. Going, oh, you know, like if you wanted to do it, you could do it, mm. and you could do it right away. You could do it today. Mm. But again, I, I give that like I give that advice to everyone. That's the biggest thing I'll say to anyone is like, don't don't think, just start, because you're gonna suck. Get it over with. Yeah. And do it, yeah, and just do it. Just don't like, don't fucking wait for someone to do it for you or offer you the chance to do it. Just fucking do it. The longer it goes, the harder it gets to start. That's the reality. It's just like anything, like we said, with the basketball, dribbling the basketball. The longer, the longer you don't go to the gym, the easier it is not to go. Yeah, you know, same thing. It's it's the same scenario with any skill that you're doing or any kind of task. If you don't do it, the longer you separate yourself between starting and and doing it, you're going to put it off and it's going to get easier every day that passes because it's just normal. Yeah. And yeah. And then the thing is, once you do start, you set the standard and then you need to upkeep it just like going to the gym or going to fucking runs or whatever. Like it doesn't matter what it is. And I think that's, yeah. I mean, with the beer, the biggest thing for me is like, I want, um, I want to be able to do all the cool things and enable the community that I really love, uh, like that's a passion for me, like the arts community and, and musicians and, and everything else. I just want to be in the room. I want to be an ingredient in the room for all of these events and things like that. So if I'm not doing something in those spaces, no matter how small, whatever else it is, then I'm not really driven to keep doing it, you know? So every time I do like an event or we sponsor, you know, like a band night or we sponsor, you know, we do a lot of art gallery stuff in Melbourne and, and everything like that. It's amazing. Like I like the biggest sense of fulfillment and purpose I get from just being in the room. I'm not trying to take credit away from anyone else. I just want to be there. Mm. 
And I think that's it. I figured that out. That's what, what, it, what it takes for me. So every time I get an event, I'm hyped. That's a win. It doesn't matter about anything else. So I think that's the thing is like, you know, once you start, you get that, that kind of taste for it and you go back and do it again. And it kind of motivates you and like that energy and, and kind of like internal like dialogue goes, I want more of this. And that's what happens. Um, but again, you know, it's all unique. It's a different perspective for every person. And, you know, I respect that, especially with comedy. Comedy is a diff- different kettle of fish altogether. Mm. But, I mean, that was, yeah, I was really intrigued by the advice thing. And I think, I think you actually are a testament, though, to it. I remember when we had the conversation. You remember when we had the conversation? What one? About the com- uh, stand-up. We can't like starting it. Yeah. Do yeah. you remember? Do you, uh, obviously you had, your when you were listening to Andrew Santino or whatever. Yeah. You remembered where you were. Do you remember where you were when we had the conversation about you doing Yeah, back porch at my old house. <laughs> yeah. You are correct, sir. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, well, that's fascinating. So that's really cool to hear. Because it's like, I think, you know, for those uh, who don't understand or know, I gave Claiborne 12 months to do stand-up and I think he did it in five. Even less, I think. No, nah, no, nah, it was... Um he did it in June, I think. Six, yeah. Six months, yeah, half the time. Yeah, so half the time. But it was a thing that it was like, yeah, I think you you kind of, you took it seriously. You took it on and you, you really did it in a situation where so many people would have laughed that off and they would have just shrugged it and you took it on and then, as you said, that first time and everything else, like, now look at you. you got Perth coming up. you got Queensland coming up. Adelaide Fringe next year. Mm-hmm. Onwards and upwards, right? Uh-huh. And now the standard's high enough that, you know, the next thing has to be bigger than what you're doing now. Yeah. So it's always it's always progress, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and I plan on doing all the festivals. I know I'm going to have to collect a couple Get settlements. Get your ass to Melbourne Comedy Festival, my guy. Yeah, I'm going to have to collect a couple settlements first because I've, <laughs> I've just about exhausted all my funds. But, um, uh, yeah, Melbourne, uh, Sydney... Edinburgh next year is the intent. Um, Fuck, that's big. As time. long as uh, as long as I've got the finances, that's the only thing. So. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's always it's always great to reflect, and even still, like these conversations would never have seemed real a few years ago, and now they're so real. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? Even doing like even doing a even doing a solo like it seems pretty crazy that that's that's actually happening. sensational. Yeah, but it is because it seems like again you did enough. You did enough ten minutes and fifteen minute sets that. Going to fifty was realistic. Yeah, and I think now you're at the point where you go, oh, I want to do this again and again and again. Yep, and fucking onwards and upwards, my guy. Yeesh, yeesh, yeppers. <laughs> what do we say about yeppers? Yeesh. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I mean, do you have anything else to to ask or or any questions? Like, um, I want to know. I want to know. Can the people can the people know what the next uh, recipe? Well, not recipe. What the next <laughs> beer, what the next beer is? Um, I mean that's a really great question. Um, to be honest, there's there's nothing really concrete right now. There's a few things that are up in the air. Um, speaking with some of the other uh, partners in the business and listening to what the market is. The reality is, we never kind of be influenced by trends and fads and things like that. Mm-hmm. The old Jack Kerouac quote, you know. I don't get influenced by trends and fads and popular opinion, things like that. And it's not not because it's, um, not because it's wrong. 
just because I don't think it lasts. I think you have to be really passionate about what you're doing because people can sense it and they can sense if you're trying to make a quick buck mm-hmm. or they can sense if you really mean it and you talk about it with passion. So Crystal Isle, I have so much passion for. Um, I made the name up. Uh, you know, we made the recipe in-house, everything. It took months. It took a long time. So the next one, I don't know. I would love to do something. I think, um, yeah, most most recently, I think a, a third skew is probably going to be a bit more of a, like, similar within the lager and the ale. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe something around that, an XPA, a NEPA, um, yeah, around that, I think, will probably be it. But we got a brand refresh coming, which is really exciting. I'm really, really hyped about um the brand obviously like we we made these these things a, a few years ago and uh we've evolved a lot so we want to just keep up with that yeah um so i'm really hyped about that and i think um you know i think it's always exciting to to see your baby change and grow because it's uh you get really accustomed to doing things a certain way and when you kind of change it you really um you know you adapt and you pivot and all that kind of stuff but yeah i'm, I'm excited to see the the next iterations of where the brand can go and and how people interact with it. Do you feel that you, um, not copied, but like like mimicked or channeled any other any other beers when you created Young Blood or or the Lager in particular, since that was the first? Oh, um, brutally honest, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I um. I think subconsciously. I think I think I think anyone that does anything, like no idea is original. No, um, I, don't, I agree. Like, I agree. Not entirely. Yeah. Doing doing a beer in general is obviously, uh, you know, it's a saturated market, just like comedy, podcasting, and coffee, just like my, nuts. my big three uh, yeah. things that I'm involved in. Yeah, not um, an easy fight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like, like I'm, I'm sure there was some sort of uh, inspiration from somewhere for the for the flavors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. I mean, to be honest, like I, I was really driven. Like, so with the lager, I was really driven to make something that was um, quite a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. So, it was something that I wanted to be based off of. You know, like the Australian beer market. Even you're looking at the Asian beer market. So you got like you know the Asahi's, the Kirins. Yeah. And then in, in Australia, you know, a lot of people drink, you know, Carlton Draft and and uh, you know what is it. You'd, a lot of do like the Bolter XPAs and the you know, Great Northerns and and uh, things like that. I, I, I can't do things without taste. I'm very malt driven because um, I guess the European Asian style of things. I'm really driven by that. Um, so I, I needed to have some sort of flavour, but I needed it to be easy. And uh, yeah, this is this this iteration is not the first. Mm-hmm. So like when the first lager and then even the second batch of the lager, it was different. And then now, since then, every batch since then has been probably closer to what it is now. Um, the Crystal Isle's changed a variety of times as well. The, the, the current batch is probably where it's going to be, but I, I wouldn't say it wouldn't change again. Um, but, yeah, I think the influence comes from, um, you know, you surely look at things. And as I've mentioned earlier with the modern art paradox is uh, I looked at it and I went, you know, I, I want to do it myself and I want to try my own thing and uh, and, you know, you have delusions of grandeur and you think, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be the fucking coolest beer ever or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. You know, people see through that shit. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think the core belief has to be, I have to really believe in the product. So there was a few hiccups early on and now I definitely believe in both our products. Um, and so the third one will have to be the same ethos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the influence probably comes from, 
Oh, man, like me and you have been drinking beer for how many bloody years? I reckon it was 17, 16. Yeah. We shouldn't probably say Jesus that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it's been over half our lives now. And um, I think that's where it, it probably comes from just like the enjoyment of that. Yeah. Like I love beer. I love it so much. I love sharing a beer with someone. I think it's such a communal thing. You know, we spoke about it yesterday actually when it was like, oh, if you went to get a beer with someone and, and they ordered a water, you'd be like, oh, fuck. I'm going home. Yeah, and it sucks. It yeah. sucks that that's a thing. But like if I went and ordered a coffee and you ordered a tea, I'd still feel weird. Yeah, <laughs> you know? oh, bro, 100%. It's just like... It, We're not it, doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. shared experience is, is maximum. Like yeah. I, I used to... I, I do still like enjoying my own plate of food, but like... Yeah. Um, like most restaurants these days, I would say... 90% of them. Yeah. Like pretty much pubs is the only place you can go now and you just order your own palmy or whatever. But like mm. you go to a place, they give you uh, they give you a thing, they put it in the middle of the table and they give you share plates. Yeah. yeah. And it's something to talk about. You're both experiencing the exact same yeah. taste. You know? Yeah. Like even, it's even like a little bit, it's a little bit tough, like not tough, but like if you, if you get a West End and I get uh, yeah. a pale ale. Yeah. I can't be like, fuck, how good is this, dude? I know, I know. Because you'll be like, yeah. oh, well, I'm not having that. Yeah. I, I have to go more general and be like, fuck, yeah. it's cold, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's lucky this is cold. Yeah. Like, yeah. How good's beer? The shared yeah. experience is huge in anything, in yeah. anything. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, isn't that into the world? Like, nothing's valuable unless it's shared or something. It's Happiness really- isn't real unless it's shared. There you go. Yeah. You got a good remedy. Uh, it's a... One of the, I'm not a big quote guy, but that one uh, resonates with me for sure. Yeah, 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 that one's, yeah, I mean, it's a great film, but. um, How fun is being happy alone, dude? What the fuck? Well, it's hard. And crazy. Yeah. (laughs) What, are you just walking around the house dolo with a smile (laughs) on your face, you fucking weird cunt? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe a, uh, a jazz pianist might be the only person that's really that happy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> just jerking themselves <laughs> off constantly. Yeah, no, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with that and I think that um, I think it's the same with, it's probably comes down to the blueprint of a lot of things is that it has to be like a community thing and uh, just like comedy, you want to sit in a room and all have a, like a good laugh together. The same thing, you want to sit in a pub and get a nice beer together. Yeah. Um, it's all about the experience. It's nothing to do with like the product's the vessel, the experience is the medium. Like that's what you want to achieve is I want to have a good time with people that I really care about and enjoy and being a part of that is everything. So that's that's it. Like that's that's all it is, man. Like I love being – I've always said it's an ingredient in the room. It's a privilege to be in them and, you know, I'll be, I'll be stoked forever just to be a part of that. So – that's the goal is to get into as many rooms as possible. For sure. Um, I don't mm. know. And you can you can say whether you want to uh, elaborate on this or not. Um, being in those rooms uh-huh. and facilitating that as part of your goal. Do you want to do you want to go into that today or no? What do you mean? Uh, facilitating the talent. Uh, getting everyone in the same room, working together, that type of mm-hmm. business model. Is that something you want to discuss today or? As in like we're talking agency stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. I think, so this is this is something I think a lot of people in Adelaide will, uh, I guess, relate to is that when I was like, when I came out of uni, I didn't have heaps of experience with doing creative endeavours. Um, so... You know, that's how I ended up in Melbourne because that was like I got a job and I moved over and all that kind of stuff and and I'm still there. 
So I think a big part of me wants to give back to those communities and really build something up like a grassroots thing with like photography and design and everything else that we do. Like the brand stands for that and art and music and everything else and enabling those things. But And your connections run deep in all these industries. Well, it takes time to accumulate, but yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I mean, I've put myself in situations where I've met really great people and through that, like, yeah, you, you come with like, there's opportunities that come with being in the room and putting yourself out there and, um, so I wouldn't say it's luck. I'd say it's more like I've, I've tried to get it and some of it happens and some of it doesn't, but. And you like, it's luck and it's also manifestation, I suppose, or just, or, or. Yeah. I don't know. We, we are, I don't know. I don't know if lucky is word. We're lucky to have a friendship group that is quite creative. Yeah. But is that luck or di- is that by design? I don't no, know. No, for sure. Well, I mean, like you can look at it and everyone came from different places. So I guess it's not as much luck as like people finding their network and community. Um, the thing with manifesting and stuff, I don't really believe in manifesting unless you do something with it. So like if you just sit there at home and say, I want to win a million dollars, I want to win a million dollars and I'm going to win a million dollars. It's not, it's not going to happen. Right. But if you say, um, if you can put yourself in the situations where like, Oh, I'm going to do this to give myself the best chance. Like, you know, you're buying the lottery ticket. I buy a thousand dollars worth of them shits. Yeah. Every week I do that. Yeah. And then I cry poor. Yeah, but the thing, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It was like you by going to these events, like you don't fucking know what will happen by being there. You don't because you can say, "I need to." I'm I'm looking for opportunities, and you can be really really prepared. But it's preparation meets opportunities where things align. I tell you what's so funny, bro, is like I do the same thing from a different thought process. Okay, it's like, like what. I want to say yes to as much as possible. I want to go out. Yes, I want man. to be. I yeah. want to be there because I can get some stories and I can tell jokes. Do it for the story. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you're like, I can. I can potentially meet somebody that could be a connection to this. Yeah, uh, network, yeah. network. And mine's like, I hope something goes terribly wrong. <laughs> you look at it like a Larry David Seinfeld thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've got something to talk about on the podcast, or I've got, I've got, I've got a joke from it. Yeah. You know what you should start doing is you should start being like borderline um like really socially awkward and yes. just seeing how people interact with you just spec myself out. <laughs> oh god <laughs> no but i mean i think that's it it's like you know larry david wrote all the episodes of seinfeld based off of you know experiences from his notebook right yeah so like are you that's essentially what you're doing but you're doing it for material versus yeah yeah most of my material comes from conversations like yesterday perfect yeah, example we yeah. were talking and like i i came up <laughs> with an analogy for a situation and then you were like that's a bit and i was like yeah. that is a bit it is and, and it's very so, strong too yeah, like so a lot of my jokes come from just conversations i'm being silly with my friends trying to make my friends laugh yeah um and then sometimes it works and i'm like fuck that could that could be something well i guess that's something you've also mentioned previously was that you you can't like you can't be funny with your friends and then funny on stage because the context matters. Yeah. So you're like you could say, oh, you know, oh, Steve's a fucking idiot because he did this, and everyone knows me and goes, oh, he is an idiot, yeah. and they laugh. But if you're doing it on stage, no one knows who I am, right? So yeah. it's the same thing as like, excuse me, taking that like same approach and then going, I need to uh, like make this for the masses. That it it's needs to hit be. You. It needs to be. There's a formula that goes into jokes. So I mm. can't say I was at a bar with my friend. And this is what we said and mm-hmm. just deliver that conversation. Yeah. I'm going to have to now turn that into something. I yeah. can't just, you gotta build I've the got story. to get tomorrow night. I can't just go there yeah. and do that. No. Yeah. No. You've got to like, you've got to almost like bring them on the journey. You've got to create. Uh, yeah. I've got to, like. I've got to be part of the example. I've got to, and that's a, 
especially in the sensitive culture that we're in, I don't want to go, like, we'll be here for another hour. But, <laughs> but like, the, the culture, the way things are going at the moment, mm-hmm. I don't want to... You, you can't really talk about someone else as the punchline. You have to be the punchline. It has to be self-deprecating. Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't have to be deprecating as such, but, like, if you are not the experience, you are one perceived as phony and two perceived as mocking someone else okay so and that, like that's where criticism comes or what yeah like, or, or just like people don't don't accept it as funny so can i can i humor you on something that i believe in comedy and this is just an outsider's perspective so mm. tell me to fuck off if fuck I'm, off if i'm fuck off if i'm being an idiot but i think that you either go full into that persona where you don't give a Fuck, like mm. you're ruthless, like the Chappelle's and Jeselnik and 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 Bill Burr and Jeselnik's very unique example. I probably I probably wouldn't uh, yeah. include him in that. All right, but then like the same thing, like even like I watched the Sam Marill special, mm. and he definitely crosses the line. Yeah, like he's not towing it; he just crosses it. Yeah, and I think that's a a really thing. So I know that it's, it would be a lot harder to do that in Adelaide or oh, yeah. even. Even like locally, I'd say I'd say for someone someone like Sam Marill, uh-huh. it's probably easier. Why? Because he is a joke writer. Sure, everything is so clearly a joke. Yeah, he's not telling stories about him that come across as real events. Okay, he's making jokes. They are jokes. People, I've seen his Twitter. People have decide to be mad but there's yeah, that's yeah. because the culture we're in right now there's currency in that yeah you can yeah. get attention from it he's retweeted it yeah so he, i mean it, it he's buying him. in he's buying into it and giving these people a platform yeah so there's still currency in calling someone out for that well i guess that old adage you know no press is bad press right he's probably thinking that people will watch his his show yeah just from even the negative comments yeah so but is that is that something that like because it strikes me as like you could be that person that is in the same sphere because you do have that in you mm. like you are you know like you are on the show um is that something that you aspire to be you want to fuse the, the um, welcome to the potty clay into the stage clay or i'll, I'll announce this now because i haven't announced it on the welcome to the potty podcast okay wow Wow. I'm doing a split bill show at the Adelaide Fringe 2023. Wow. As well as my solo. Oh, shit. Yeah. Two shows? Yeah. Okay. And the split bill show is with two gentlemen from my uh, my personal tour that I've developed. The regional SA tour? Yeah. Yep. So Jay, yep. Michael, and Justin Saw. Okay. And it's called uh, Not Safe for Netflix. Okay. And we are going, we're writing jokes specifically just to go as hard as possible in a safe environment. Right. Okay. So it's like a foreword of like, don't come here unless you want to be slightly offended or yeah. 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 And do I want to be that comedian? No, I don't. No. I, I, I like, I, I'm pretty happy with my style. The boundaries. Oh, yeah. I'm happy with where I'm at in yeah. terms, like I could probably, yeah, I could probably push it a bit more. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a shock value. I don't want to be a, what do they call them on radio? Shock jock? Yeah, shock jock. Yeah, I don't want to be that. I, yeah. I, I don't want my reactions to be like, oh, he said that. I want yeah. my reactions to be like, oh my God. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that comment. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. So no, I don't want to be that. 
Um, the goal is always to still make people enjoy their time. Yeah, I yeah. want to. I want to be funny, and I want to be able to talk about things that aren't particularly talked about. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be gone crazy. Crazy's for the podcast. Crazy's like, yeah, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't even remember half the shit I said on this fucking thing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I like to go crazy on here because it's fucking. I make myself laugh because as it's coming out, I'm like, I don't. Be, I don't believe this point of view. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's just so it's so yeah. fucking retarded, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um. So nah, that's that's the fun part about podcast. I don't want to be that on stage. I don't want people to think that's who I am. And like, yeah. it's 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 more fun to be that around my friends, sure. talk crazy at the pub and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there's a place for it. Yeah. 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 Mm. And that's, that's just me, man. I, I'm, I, I'd prefer, I'd prefer to be more artistic with my craft and, mm-hmm. and put the work in to make it a story with beats and, uh, you know, punches and tags and stuff like that. I, yeah. I, I, that's just, you know, that's what I grew up loving about Dave, like the old Dave Chappelle. Like and Chappelle I, show and stuff, yeah? No, like, like, skits or um, like his old comedy yeah, before before he became obsessed with trans and here, <laughs> yeah. here we are. I've, I've named somebody. Like he's not one yeah. of those people before that I think I'm better than he's not. I think no. he is the goat. But mm-hmm. like his old stand-up, um, like. Pretty hard to, uh, to top. It's fucking crazy. Like yeah. I just remember like. Like you think about like um you, when you watch movies and people like the high school movies and people like in the schoolyard like freestyling and shit. Yeah, I would I would have a group around me and I'd just be doing Dave Chappelle bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people be yeah. losing it. I'm like, yeah. I'm not even doing like word for word. I've just yeah. memorized. I've watched a million times. Yeah. And I was like, chocolate. This is doo doo, baby. <laughs> and people are like losing yeah. it. And like, yeah, like I just yeah. So that's where my comment like. Like we were talking about before, the the influence. Yeah. I, like, I obviously don't... I don't try and do a Dave Chappelle voice. Yeah. I guess Dave Chappelle is pretty still on stage, and so am I. I think my stage presence is probably more similar to Bill Burr. He, he does a yeah. lot of holding the yeah. mic stand. I do a lot of that. I think, yeah, you definitely rely upon... Like, you also feed off the energy. Mm. That's the one thing. But, yeah. I, I would- my delivery is... Um, I, I choose where the emphasis is. I'm very... Yeah. Very monotone until I need something else. Yeah. Um, and that's I don't probably, know. That's, that's probably like a Nate Bargatze type of delivery almost. But I, I'd even say it's probably closer to what you actually are. Yeah, yeah. I'm very like, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not out unless I'm drinking. I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty loud, but like I'm pretty low key. Mm. Um, those listening to the podcast are like low key. Mm. <laughs> this guy? Yeah. yeah. But nah, I, yeah, it's just, um, I don't, I don't. I fucking forgot what we're talking about. Nah. <laughs> Being on stage and Chappelle and everything else, and yeah, yeah, I don't know what my influences are, but like the reason I got into comedy: Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Bruce, 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 Bruce. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty much. He's I'd call him. I don't know if there's a such thing as underground comedy, but if he was in the rap game, he'd be an underground rapper. Okay, like he's like got lifestyles of like, poor and dangerous big L kind of album. Yeah, uh, yeah, Danny Brown, like he's got a following. Yeah, but he's not a mainstream dude. Sure. So he does it like he's a Atlanta guy. Atlanta's a black city essentially. Like I'm sure he's got a residency somewhere in Atlanta where he just just murders, murders week to week. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I've heard I've heard so many stories about about people having to follow him <laughs> and just be like, "Fuck, what?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, because what a stitch up. He was yeah. probably one of the first comedians I remember watching. He's a big fat guy, yeah. big fat guy, and um, Bruce Bruce. Yeah, have you seen The Wash with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg? No. Okay. Well, if anyone's seen the wash, he's the security guard on the wash. I think he's got braids in the wash. Okay. And um, his stand-up, I just remember him, uh, Comedy Central on Foxtel back in the day, it was like a 15-minute or 30-minute special. And I just remember this bit that he did about Krispy Kremes and he was just inhaling him. He's talking about like... he. Like, and he's talking about inhaling these Krispy Kremes and whenever he does the inhale thing, he like does a scream noise. He's like... <laughs> like, and it's just, like it killed me and me and my dad and you know my dad was fucking stoned out of his mind at the time <laughs> on the couch and I Shout was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was lying on the floor and we were just cracking up and that was yeah. like one of my probably my first <laughs> like, like core memory yeah that was yeah. like my first comedy memory yeah um and but then, that kind of makes sense in a way now in hindsight, it kind of makes sense that... That I'm a fat cunt because <laughs> I love Bruce Bruce so much. <laughs> the braids and everything. Yeah. No, but I think that's like... It kind of makes sense that you ended up in, in that craft because if you if you really like really put that memory on a pedestal or you really, really like... I don't know. You really enjoy that. Mm. Maybe that value system was built from around there. Oh, 100%. I was just... I, I was like... I've always from probably from that moment just thought like there's so much power in making people laugh like yeah, and laughing yeah. laughing I think is like the the other than crying yeah. you are completely letting your guard down yeah yeah which is why You're vulnerable right yeah, yeah which is why it is so hard to make people laugh in a bright True. room if I did a gig in this room yeah I'd struggle okay cuz people don't want to be seen laughing no comedy's always in a dark room and when it's in a bright room or if it's outdoors, it's just, it's not hitting That's the same. so interesting. I've never thought about it being in a dark room. Yeah. It's always like basements. Yeah. With like candle lights. No windows. Yeah. The never. lights on the stage. Yeah. Fuck. And people, and a pe- lot of people, I'd say, I don't have a number for this. Uh-huh. I'd say over 50%, I'd probably say 60 to 75% of people are insecure with their laugh. Yeah, so right. they do not want to be seen to be the one laughing. And especially if you're making a joke about gay people, Asians, black people, <laughs> Jews. Yeah. They don't want to laugh and people no. be like, oh, that's the guy that laughs. He's the only one who laughs. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's why darkness is great because everyone feels safe yeah. to laugh at the, the crazy shit yeah. that comedians are talking about. That's so interesting. I've never put that two and two together in regards to like, it is a safe space. It is mm. a vulnerability of like letting your guard down and going, oh, fuck, this is funny. And yeah. just letting yourself. And, and making people feel that good, it, it feels good for you. Like It's like it's like volunteering almost. It's like you're, yeah, yeah. It's like you're helping people. Like, so I guess the service comes from almost an addiction then. Like is it addictive? Yeah, yeah. Most of, most of us are addicted to alcohol and drugs and. <laughs> 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 yeah, no. But I mean like, yeah, that's the thing. Like there's a lot of like. There's a lot in that's a privilege in a way where you know you have a skill set that you can make people enjoy themselves, which is crazy. Yeah, and and f- getting crazy. that feeling from doing Dave Chappelle's bits in the schoolyard. Yeah, um, I was like, I I remember Dave Chappelle has this story about 
going driving with his white friend Dave. Oh, no, it's not Dave because he's Dave. His white yeah. friend Summit. Yeah. And they get pulled over by the cops. Yeah. And the cops pull him over and he's like, Dave, I'm going to race him. <laughs> he's got this crazy story about this guy. <laughs> and I told this story to these two girls at high school, Millie and Alice. Uh-huh. And they were like hanging on to every word I said and then yeah. they cracked up. Yeah. And they were like, did that really happen? I was like, no, it didn't ha- Not no. to me and no. probably not to Dave. But no. He wrote the bit though. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was so jealous. I was yeah. so jealous that like I... You were just the vessel for them laughing at him. Yeah. Yeah. It was like... It wasn't your laugh. Like ho- like Homer and the Odyssey. Like that, yeah. that story got passed down. Like people were telling that story around campfires and stuff. People were listening to it. Yeah. They were the vessels. And it's like, yeah. by no means do I ever want to be doing someone else's material. But like, no. like, yeah, I was so jealous that I wasn't the one who made the words to, yeah. to make them And now you there. are. Yeah, now I am. And it feels great. That's... But I mean, like... <laughs> if you were to write it down as Speaking a sentence, of Homer <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Number eight uh, <laughs> But that's the thing is I think if you were to write something down as a purpose Like that would be it Like I I get to be the vessel for people enjoying themselves mm. And that's like Yeah That's, that's the it. mission statement for the company of uh, Clavering Math That's it That's that's the, the ethos The culture the, mm. the statement The mission statement Whatever you want to fucking call it Like that's everything And I think um, a lot of people don't identify what, what that purpose thing is. So it's like if that's something, you know, as ludicrous as making people laugh, it seems crazy. Just like when you fucking talk about Uber, you're getting into a stranger's car, you're going to mm. pay the money with your credit card attached to an app. If you think about that on paper, you go, that's fucking crazy. But now it's normal. Mm. It's the same thing with like if you want to do, okay, I want to be a comedian. Starting, like starting out, people who don't know you as any other, anyone other than Clay the high school or Clay the basketball player or whatever, it's crazy. But now it's normal. Yeah. It's become normalised. It's like Clay McMath, oh yeah, he's a, com- he's a comedian. Even yesterday we bumped into someone uh, at a bar and they were like, oh, what, you enter the toilet. And they were like, what are you doing with yourself now? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this nine to five uh, and I'm also a comedian. Yeah. And they, I hadn't seen them for, I don't know, what do you reckon, 10 years? Probably, yeah. And they were like, Wow. I want to see you. I want yeah. to see your show. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. But that's it. It's, I think that's it. It's like, it's, it's this thing that, um, you know, once you start and you've, you've done it enough, people, they vibe on the passion. Yeah. If you're doing it for the wrong reasons, people see through it. Like they, they can. Mm. And they also like, they also have People can feel like, you can't fake passion, man. Nah, you can't. You really can't. Yeah. And that's, yeah. You really, really cannot like shortcut. Like banging Those a things. fat chick and saying, don't kiss me. Like she knows you're not into it. <laughs> <laughs> Why you put me in these situations, bro? <laughs> hey, I'm the one saying it. You don't I know, no. Nah, I'm not sitting scared. Sitting over there like board man right now. Oh, just like, yeah, am I? Uh, <laughs> nah, I think it's it. It's like you, you put me in these situations where I'm like, I'm going to laugh because you're fucking stupidly funny. But um, yeah, I can't choose what my body reacts to. All my um, all my analogies <laughs> always go to like sex or like yeah. relationships. Yeah, or or like full self self deprecation on like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, uh, I think one of them that you had a, like recently was like, oh, you know. I used to be confident and then I turned into a big fat puss. My ex-girlfriend turned me into a big fat puss. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're the one that's the put, like the joke. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. are the joke. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was even talking to my mum this morning and I was just like, she's like, oh, hey, like, oh, you're looking forward to your gig on Saturday? I was like, oh, yeah, like, oh, like I'm fucking shitting blood, wishing I was dead, but yeah, I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty keen for it. Yeah. <laughs> Sound hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds, Sounds exciting. Dope. Oh, cool. So this yeah. is why you love comedy? Yeah, yeah. healthy. Yeah. 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 And DNA out the bowels and all that's coming out is your fucking blood. That's oh. pretty cool. Wow. Well, yeah. usually I would say there's a comedy piece in that. And for this one, I'll say there is not. No, there has to be something to do with hemorrhoids that hasn't been done. Oh. But we'll, we'll, we'll find it. Yeah. Not I today. Have, I not have full today. faith that you will, but. Anyway. Sweet. Thanks for coming, man. And thanks for interviewing me on my own show. Mate, um, it's always but a pleasure. I'm glad we got to at least talk a little bit of beer. Probably we'd, we're now 45 in. I reckon we talked 10 minutes of beer. Yeah, well, probably more than that. But, you know, I, I'm. I just I'm grateful that I get an opportunity to speak. About I think there was a fair bit of stuff that we talked about that can be taken and translated into whatever just whatever Anything. you do. Yeah. Whether yeah. yeah, whether it's nursing or um you know, cleaning floors at a high school, or I think being a designer or being anything, like, you know, anything or, or being whatever you want to do, like or you know, making music, DJing, whatever it else it is. Like I think I think that's the ultimate thing. The takeaway I would take from any of this would be um, the naivety and everything that you're doing, like, do it. Just start. Just do it, do it man. Just do it. Nike. Nike. And, yeah. you know. Um, not a sponsor of a show. Miss 100 shots that you don't take. Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky, or whatever it is. <laughs> Wayne, Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky, Michael, Michael Scott. Scott yeah. yeah. But I think that's it. It's like, you know, you just, like, I, 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 you know, I, I love this stuff and I love talking in these mediums and having these conversations because I think it's so rewarding and fun, you know, and I hope that anyone that listens gets some value out of it. And if, if they're looking for a sign to do something, the sign is now. Fucking do it. Do so it. Do it. Just start. Get an ABN. Register a domain. Lock down the social media handle. Fucking start because it snowballs and it keeps going. So just start. Do it, man. Uh, love you guys. Don't forget to love yourselves. And as always, bang bang. <laughs> <laughs>